Girlfriends, episode number 233, The Plans God Has for You with Amy Smith. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, we are talking to author Amy Smith, who is author of a new book for young women. Can't wait to share this conversation with you. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Hope you are doing well on this fine summer day. If you are new here to the Girlfriends podcast, I want to give you a special welcome. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for giving us a chance We're really glad you're joining us, and I hope you're going to enjoy what we share here. We love having you join us here in the Girlfriends community. If you are a longtime listener or a sometime listener, welcome back. Glad you are here. Thank you for all the ways that you participate in the Girlfriends community. Well, this week, we are talking with author Amy Smith about a new book project she has out. And I love that Amy's book is focused on young women in particular, because I think that the world does a great disservice to young women in particular. And our church has a beautiful message of hope and idealism to share with young women in ways that can be very inspiring and lead to great opportunities inside the lives of young women in their work and in their relationships. So I love that Amy Smith is focused on this demographic in particular. So if you have a young woman in your life, or uh, maybe a goddaughter, maybe your own daughter, maybe a niece, maybe you're a teacher and you're thinking about your students, I want to encourage you to just sit down, take a listen to what Amy has to share, and then check out her book. So without any further delay, here's my recent conversation with author Amy Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I am excited to have joining us here on Girlfriends, a special guest. Amy Smith is joining us today. Amy Smith is an associate editor of the National Catholic Register, where she edits features and likes to write about everything from Hope and Saints, her favorites are Therese and Gianna, to Jane Austen. Her new book that she's here to talk about today is The Plans God Has for You, Hopeful Lessons for Young Women, which is based on Jeremiah 29, 11. Welcome, Amy Smith, to Girlfriends. Glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to have you. So we were just chatting before we came on here that we have a history of working together a little bit going way back to the earlier days of the National Catholic Register when they were based in Connecticut. And you were just starting out and I was working on... um, Faith and Family Magazine, which used to exist back then. But how funny to reminisce on that and then see where you've come today and that you've got this new book out and that you're able to come on the podcast and share about it. I'm so thrilled. Well, thank you. It's great to talk with you again. And it is it is such a blessing to see how God takes people's lives in the directions he does and reunites people sometimes right. down the road after a while. Exactly, exactly. But um, we've we've remained connected online. So I know a little bit about what you've been up to. But this book is an exciting project. So you describe it as being based on Jeremiah 29, 11. So maybe we should just start there. Like, why Jeremiah 29, 11? And maybe um, you could read it for us. Sure. It speaks to me because it's all about hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it It goes, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. 
Right. So why would, why is this your favorite? Well, I think it's encouraging to always return to it. The last four words really say it all, a future with hope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to stay rooted in the recognition that God's plans are where you should stay rooted and where you find hope and hope for whatever's happening in your life through difficulties as well as the happy things. And just to stay focused on the fact that no matter what's going on, God is with you and that his plans are good ones. Right. That's a really important message, I think, especially in the world today, because hope is not usually a word that comes to mind when I'm looking at the daily news, right? Like we are living in a difficult time, a challenging time for many people, this time of COVID-19, this time of political unrest and racial division in our country. So do you see this this timing of this book being kind of providential and the fact that maybe young people who are looking at the world today, especially young women, need a dose of hope? Yes, they definitely do. Um, you know, I've been working on this book for a while now, and I just really do think it was part of God's plan to put it out right now. So readers who are obviously in need of a hopeful message can read it and be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing for young people, especially because one thing I always love about my my own young people in my own life, my kids and their friends and their spouses and others that I'm in contact with is this enthusiasm that young people bring to everything they do. And I think if you can harness it for good, that is such a powerfully good thing in our world. So that's what I hope uh, your book can be to people. So it's called Hopeful Lessons for Young Women. So it's aimed directly at younger women in particular, but can you tell us a little bit about how it's structured? What do you mean by lessons? Sure. So throughout the book, I dedicate different chapters to different themes. Mm -hmm. So I cover things such as friendship, discernment, family life, prayer life, and I delve into scripture, explaining the sacraments. I also focus on the saints who I think are perfect models of hopeful living. And I even get into a little bit about the themes that Jane Austen works into her novels. So if you're a Jane Austen fan, you will definitely like this book as well. <laughs> Can you give us an example of that? Because I am a Jane Austen fan for sure. And I know, I know so many listeners are. Um, maybe an example from Jane Austen that you, you see as a hopeful lesson? Well, sure. I think hope, when it comes down to it, hope is at the heart of her stories which are all about finding true love. Mm -hmm. And there's all the trials and tribulations associated with it. Um, If you think of Pride and Prejudice, it's all about misunderstanding who someone really is and understanding who they are at heart and who you yourself are at heart in terms of Lizzie, the heroine, and she realizes she misunderstood Mr. Darcy. (laughs) And then, (laughs) you know, so you can start there. And then... um, Let's see. Another example would be, well, Mr. Knightley is my favorite hero. And mm-hmm. I think he's he's sometimes underrated because everyone talks about Mr. Darcy a lot. But Mr. Right. Knightley is the steady guy, the good guy who's always there. And he helps Emma become a better person, which is really what love is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And so that's 
that's a great story too. And then persuasion is another good one that I think people don't talk about as much about waiting for true love. The two, you know, people get to be reunited finally and have their happily ever after Anne and Captain Wentworth. So that's a really great one too. But there's similar lessons in in all of the books, you know, just the self-discovery and really understanding what love means and how you, how you get there in terms of just dealing, navigating the relationships in your life. So we have these characters in Jane Austen's novels that kind of lead us toward thinking about the theme of hope, but inside of the Catholic church, we've got some characters of our own in the real life stories of the saints. How do you see saints as models of hope? Yeah, they definitely are because they stayed rooted in God and trusted God with their lives, whether it was St. Therese or St. Gianna, who are my two favorite saints. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, you can really find encouragement in their lives and the way they lived, whether it's the little flowers, little way where she did, you know, little things with great love and realized God wanted her to live a simple life, but live it well in a loving way. Mm-hmm. And then St. Gianna, um, I really love the advice that I found in her writing. One of my favorite quotes of hers is live wholly the present moment. And I think that really relates to hope because if you're living a holy life, you're living hopefully because you are centered in your faith and what God is calling you to do every moment. Right. Oh, I, I love that quote. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's a really, a really kind of practical way of looking at it, living holy every moment. I, I love that. So the saints, and, and I love St. Gianna too and St. Therese, um, there's such a great example of, of hope in that way. But when we're talking about hope here, and you're really focused on the theme of hope inside of your book, what, let's talk about what that really means, right? In light of the faith, there's, there's a particular thing that we're talking about here, not necessarily what people immediately understand hope as. Right. It's definitely not what modern society thinks hope is, which is this vague notion of optimism. That's not what, what the faith teaches. It's really trusting God and his plan for your life. And that's where hope lies. Um, God really is the true source of happiness and can help you understand every question in your life or every um, longing in your heart. And so really, hope is found in just staying close to God. Right. So, and, And so it really is tied into this idea of trusting in God, which is something I know I struggle with on a daily basis. And I know young women in particular do struggle with. Um, many of them are listeners to this podcast and I hear from them saying, like, how do I, how do I discern what God wants me to do in my life? You know, maybe they're, they want to be married, but they're not yet married. They haven't met the right person or they're trying to figure out what they're, you know, what they should do with their schooling or their career. And these are things that young women, I think, especially struggle with sometimes finding their place you know, trying to discern what God's will is for them. Do you have some ideas for maybe to offer some words of encouragement to young women who might be going through that, how they can, in practical terms, really practice that trusting in God and discerning what his will is? 
Yeah, it's such a an important topic because you know there's lots of questions to discern. Sometimes it's little things, sometimes it's big things, such as your vocation or career. Mm-hmm. But it really is just t- taking time to sit quietly with God in prayer and see how God's speaking to you. I know that can kind of seem like kind of like this this nebulous thought, like, well, what does that really mean? Just sitting right. quietly. Um, but <laughs> if you if you really you know take time to say reflect on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven or get out your prayer journal and start reflecting on a scripture like Jeremiah or another passage in the Bible or even a prayer book or a quote from a saint and just really reflect on, well, what does that mean to me? What did this quote mean maybe to a saint? And just reflecting a little bit back on your life as well, like God helps me in this instance and how does where I am right now, how does it relate to that? And how does this give me hope that he's going to help me in a similar situation? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of thing in terms of just staying really rooted in time with God, and it allows you to really reflect on blessings that he's given you. And that can help you understand that he really does want to give you a future with hope. Right. Oh, that's an important point. And I think that's something that we could all benefit from reflecting on. And certainly journaling is a helpful way to do that, kind of keeping track of, you know, because I know for me, if, um, you know, if God answers my prayer, yeah, in that moment, I'm just, I'm overjoyed or I can see the way that he worked some negative thing for for my good or for the good of the people yeah. I've been praying for. And, but then, you know, I might forget it the next day, right? We're such fickle creatures. We're just moving on to the next thing, you know, the next thing that we want or whatever. Um, And I think that journaling can be a wonderful way to kind of keep track of that. But even if you're not much of a journaler, just being intentional about your, your prayer time and, you know, spending that time with God in prayer every day. What, what do you recommend, practically speaking, for young women with regard to like a structure for their prayer life? Do you have any particular, I know it's different for everybody, but do you have any guidelines you might offer? Sure. I think it, it's helpful to start your day with God in just a few minutes in prayer before maybe you begin your job or start your schoolwork or whatever activity you have. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think midday is important too, maybe stopping to pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy at three o'clock. That's a way to refocus your attention on God throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as well as in the evening, you know, to to look back on your day and see how God was working, how he he helps you with a certain situation, whether it was a particular answer to prayer that you had been praying about, or just something unexpected that you could recognize as a blessing. Yeah, that that's great advice. And um, I try to follow that myself. And I am amazed at how helpful it can be, especially that end of the day time to mm-hmm. you know, do that practice of an examine, for example, where 
Um, and folks listening, I've talked about the Hallow app here on Girlfriends before, and I really recommend it for this. But there are other apps too, and there's you can just do this on your own with a prayer book, kind of just guided meditation through your day, looking back and like, oh, that that was you know such a wonderful blessing and giving thanks to God for it, or oh, I really messed that up and asking for God's forgiveness, asking for the grace to do better. I find it such a helpful reset at the end of the day and a preparation for the next day going forward, like you say, with hope. I think it really kind of roots you in your relationship with God in that way. Yeah, definitely. And even, you know, short prayers, something as simple as Jesus, I trust in you, or even just repeating a future with hope can get you in the right mindset if if you've had a setback during the day or you need a little extra encouragement. Right. Now, you know, we're talking about taking time aside for prayer. Now, this is something that I think does not come naturally in today's world for most of us, for young women in particular. I'm thinking of young women I know who are like on Instagram, right? Or, you know, there are all these, these different apps or they're using TikTok and to connect with their friends. And I think it's just so, um, it's so countercultural to remove yourself from that and spend a little bit of time in quiet prayer. Like, I think the quiet is sometimes uncomfortable for people. Have you experienced that? Or do you have any words of uh, encouragement to offer with regard to overcoming that obstacle? Yeah, I think today's culture really does act like everyone has to be doing something constantly or showing what they're doing constantly to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes it hard. Um, I think I'm I'm naturally inclined to take quiet moments to myself, but I do really find that it does help you really recharge to just stop what you're doing. You don't have to read that next article or finish that one task immediately. You can stop and just pray and you know, whether it's while you're having a cup of coffee or you're just enjoying a sunset, just even a couple minutes can really refresh your soul. Mm-hmm. And people just need to take time to do it. And maybe this time of recent quarantine has helped people do that because we have had to slow down our lives and not do so many things outside of our homes. So Mm -hmm. in a way that might be an unexpected blessing that has maybe changed some people's routines to be able to take more time to just slow down and be a little bit more reflective. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. And I, I think the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it, the more it becomes a habit. And I, I think expecting some of that discomfort at the start of any new habit is just normal. And you can expect that and know that it's going to get more comfortable as you make it more a part of your life. Now, Amy, we need to talk about friendships because this is something that I know is a source of drama conflict, confusion, but also can be a source of great joy for young women in particular when you go about it correctly. Um, does your does your book uh, touch on that topic at all, the plans God has for you? Do you talk about friendship among young women? Yes, there's a whole chapter in here actually devoted to friendship. It's chapter six, Faith and Fellowship, Being a True Friend. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 a little chapter in the book, but I think it delves into some of these points that people struggle with, you know, finding friends 
that have common values and will encourage you in your pursuit of the faith and just living a good life. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to have a huge circle of friends around you all the time. If there's, you know, a best friend or a small group of friends who really can encourage you, that really is such a blessing. And I know sometimes it can be really hard to find that depending on where you find yourself with, you know, school or activities, but even just a couple friends who understand that you're trying to live a hopeful life and understand why maybe Jeremiah 2911 is your favorite scripture can really bolster you in, in your life. Maybe you can start a Bible study together mm-hmm. or read this book and discuss it. Things like that can really cultivate friendship in that deeper sense that's rooted in faith. Yeah, I think that's so important and, and really important for us to be encouraging one another to be be focusing on that, to be able to cultivate true and helpful friendships as God intends them to be. I think too often we kind of, you know, fall into that kind of cultural idea that girls can't get along or the idea of a frenemy and that sort of thing that goes on in maybe the high school cafeteria. But um, I, I think we really need to remind ourselves that God intends for our friendships with other women to be a real source of joy, support, and encouragement for us. And that starts at a young age. So wonderful that you're, you're able to kind of underline that, underscore the importance of that in, inside of your book. The, the, the last topic that I want to ask you about is one that I hear from young women about all the time. And it's um, the idea of finding true love. So of course, this is a major theme in Jane Austen, who we've already talked about that I know that you discuss in the book. Um, But this is really a difficult thing for many young women that I hear from who say, you know, like, how am I supposed to find the person that God wants me to marry? And I can understand why it's discouraging because if you look at the dating scene today, that can for sure be a source of discouragement. And practically speaking, um, do you have any advice to offer somebody who's struggling with that, maybe wanting to be married and feeling frustrated that she's still single? Sure. Um, Well, first of all, I'm in the same boat, so I can totally understand that. And I just feel like you have to try to stay rooted in the fact that God is working in your life, even sometimes when it seems like he isn't. Mm -hmm. So keep going forward confident that wherever he's placing you in your school, your work, that he's going to open doors for you in those areas that could maybe lead you to meet Mr. Wright down the road. Mm-hmm. But just to, to, to not get discouraged and to, you know, take heart in books like Jane Austen novels where there, there are, are authentic lessons there about you know, the whole process of, of finding love and understanding what that whole journey means. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's because at the same time, there is that kind of romantic idealism, right? Because there's, you know, it's Mr. Darcy, we're waiting for our Mr. Darcy, right? (laughs) But I I think you're right that um, in Jane Austen, there's a lot of that kind of practical aspect as well in some of the discouragement, disappointment, and ways we might um, find ourselves failing along the way toward 
um, finding our Mr. Darcy. So really helpful, hopeful lessons inside of the plans God has for you. Hopeful lessons for young women by Amy Smith. So Amy, can you share with us before we have to wrap up here, um, where can people find out more about the book or more about your work and that kind of thing? Well, the book is from Emmaus Road Publishing, which is stpaulcenter.com. You can also read an excerpt from the book on ncregister.com, the website of the National Catholic Register. The book is also available in venues like amazon.com. So I would just encourage everyone, if you need a dose of hope, please give my book a read. Wonderful. Yeah. So we will have all of those linked up in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. So you can check that out. Well, Amy, I want to thank you for being part of the Girlfriends podcast today. It's been a joy talking with you and I wish you all the best with the book. Thank you. God bless. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I usually like to share some listener feedback or listener question with you all. And this week I heard from listener Clara and in part, I'm not going to share the entire email, but this is in part what Clara wrote to me this past week. Dear Danielle, I am writing to you in tears because my beautiful 12-year-old daughter just screamed some terrible things at me and slammed a door in my face. Is this it? Is this the terrible teens people have been telling me about? Is this what we get out of the quarantine? I am so weary and disappointed. I can't imagine that I went through all the trials of baby and toddlerhood and all the packing of lunches and driving to karate to now have this young person hate me. Is this what we moms have to look forward to? Please give me some hope, Clara. Okay, so my heart goes out to you, Clara. I think... Most moms can relate to your feelings of disappointment and discouragement. And I hope that we can give you some hope here because, you know, I, you know, you mentioned, is this the terrible teens people have been telling me about? I have a real problem with people telling other people about the terrible teens. Like that defines what the teen years are because that isn't true. But that said, yeah. This is this is life with a teenager in some respects. That doesn't mean you have to accept it. That doesn't mean it's a good thing. That doesn't mean there aren't consequences for bad behavior. But on some level, yeah, this is a normal stage of development. This is a painful process that you and your daughter are going to navigate together. So yeah, know that to some extent it's normal, but I'm not saying that like, of course, your daughter should slam a door in your face and say terrible things to you. No, no, not at all. That's not acceptable. And um, so, yes, you need to set consequences. You need to have standards of behavior. You need to hold your children to those standards, even when they seem adamant about not meeting those standards. So, yes, it is is normal to some extent. Um, you're not alone in that. And this is part of the process of having a an older child. And your daughter's right there at the age of 12 for sure. Um, but I find it helpful, and this might give you a little bit of hope, Clara, as you're going through this, to remember when you were that age, or maybe when you were even just a little bit older, um, you know, during your teen years, did you ever have conflicts with your parents? I find it really helpful to look back and kind of reflect on that and remember my own mindset and how little of it had anything at all to do with my parents. Like I had my own inner turmoil, my own stuff I was dealing with, my own feelings, my own anxieties, my own concerns. Truly, 
I was remarkably (laughs) self-focused, especially during the most tumultuous of my teen years. And perhaps you were too. And it's helpful to reflect on that because it helps you to not take it personally. And I know that's really hard. And I know I struggled with it, especially when my first kids were around that age and we were first experiencing any kind of conflict like that. Of course, it's personal. Here's this person screaming these terrible personal things in your face. Of course, you take that personally. And yet, in some ways, it doesn't make sense to take that personally because it has actually nothing to do with you. This is something your child's going through. They're incredibly self-focused. I remember being astonished at how my kids at that age, especially when the first were going through it, were like only focused on, you know, this this five minutes right here was all that existed to them. Like this previously very reasonable, thoughtful, considerate child just became this stranger in some ways that was completely living in the moment, only focused on themselves. Difficult to to experience that, to see that. But I've gone through it enough times now to know that there is another side to it. You can get through to the other side. And and really, I hope I can I can give you that encouragement, Clara, that this is not who your child now is. Um, but this is for sure something you're going to be going through together. But it can be helpful to remember how you were and how little of it was personally aimed at your parents. You weren't truly hating and rejecting your parents and every value they ever tried to give you. You were just crazy self-absorbed <laughs> in, in what ends up being a, a natural stage of de- development, not a happy one, um, not an, an enjoyable one for any of the parties. And that's the other thing I want to encourage you to think about is the fact, Clara, that as painful as this is for you, I want to encourage you to pray. Pray for the grace that you need as your daughter's mother right now. Pray to be the kind of mother that she needs. And then pray for her because when kids are behaving this way, when they're acting in these ways that are completely unacceptable, don't get me wrong, I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's okay and there's no consequences for it, but they're not happy. It's not happy. You don't feel good when you're behaving that way or when you're acting out against your parents or rebelling in various ways. So I want to encourage you to pray for the grace that you need to be the mom your daughter needs right now and pray for your daughter too. Pray to her guardian angel. This is a great practice for prayer for parents with regard to their kids is to pray to their guardian angels when they're little. You can do that in lots of ways to protect them. And maybe we think of it more naturally when they're little, but as they're getting older and they're facing new and different kinds of dangers, perhaps not so physical. Although, yes, when your teen's getting into a car with other teens, yeah, physical dangers too. Um, but Pray to their guardian angel, pray to your daughter's guardian angel to nudge her in the right directions, to remind her of who she is, um, and then pray for her own joy, her own happiness. And then finally, I just, you wanted some hope. Well, Clara, let me tell you, big kids are such a joy. They truly are. That stuff that people have been telling you about the terrible teens, yeah, some of it's true, and you're going to experience some of those negative things. But the opposite is also true, that they are amazing, and they are fun, and they bring life into your home, and they bring laughter into your home, and they challenge you in ways that are deeply satisfying and can lead to lasting fulfillment in... in, challenging you to grow as a person, um, bringing new experiences into your home, uh, bringing new people home for you to meet, taking on new challenges, things you never expected that you would ever have to face for good, for bad, or for ugly. They bring joy to your life. And I think the trials are real 
but we tend to as a culture and maybe from, you know, inside of our sharing mom to mom, um, sometimes we're a little too focused on the fact that we go through those trials because yes, the trials are real, but the joys are too. The joys are real. And we need to be sharing some of that, some of the ways that big kids are awesome, the new things they can do, the new ways they can be helpful to you, the new ways they can be real companions to you and become friends inside of your life. And that's a real joy to experience. So you have that to look forward to. But in the meantime, Clara, know that I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you in a special way during this coming week. And I'll be praying for your daughter that the two of you are going to navigate this together. You're going to figure this out. I'm assuming, I don't think you shared in your email, I'm assuming she's your oldest and that this is your first experience of this. Um, and, and and know that there's there's a lot of joy to be have, had in addition to some of the ways that our young people challenge us through the teen years. So if other listeners have advice or words of encouragement that you want to share with Clara or others that are going through a time of trial with teenagers in their home, you can email me and I will share it on a future episode of Girlfriends. Email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Send me a voicemail at that email address or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for showing up for this episode of Girlfriends. I love that you are here. I love that you are a member of our Girlfriends community. If you are looking to connect with us in other ways outside of the podcast, head over to Facebook. Join our Facebook group, which is at facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends podcast. If you can't remember that long URL, you can always go to the show notes at ascensionpress.com. The link is always shared there. You do have to request to join the group because it's a private group. But once you're there, you will have access to other members of the group who are other women like you, people who listen to the Girlfriends podcast, people who are deeply committed to their faith and their family lives. We have a lot that we can learn from one another, lots of ways we can encourage and support each other as we are living out the daily joys and challenges, the trials, the everyday ups and downs of family living. I'd love for you to connect with us there. So go to facebook.com slash groups slash girlfriends podcast. Also, if you can't remember all of that, if you can't even remember to go to ascensionpress.com to get the show notes right now, text the word girlfriends to 33777. You will get subscribed to an email list that will automatically send you the show notes for every episode of the Girlfriends podcast right to your inbox. Bonuses, we are always connected. You never miss a show. So make sure you text the word girlfriends to 33777. But for now, I want to thank you for being here. I've so enjoyed connecting with you here on Girlfriends today. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.